Happy New Year and hello. This is Fiona Cuthbertson coming from the pod to record the first episode of 2024 of Off the Cuff. This week we are lucky enough to have Milda Manamatite and Milda is a trailblazer in the world of transport where only 26% of all employees are women with the number of those holding directorships even less. She has been Innovation Director for the Railway Industry Association since April 2022 having previously worked as a transport journalist and within aviation. She leads RIA's Unlocking Innovation Programme, advocating for continuous support of rail research, development and innovation, as well as identifying and overcoming barriers to innovation to promote growth within the industry. Welcome, Milda. Thank you very much, Fiona. Thank you for having me here and what a good way to start the year. Thank you very much. So, firstly, can you tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended up as Director of Innovation at the Railway Industry Association? Absolutely. I started my career as a transport journalist, as you mentioned, in Lithuania. My mother is a journalist and is a publisher in the transport industry. And I've always, since I was seven years old, thought I will be the greatest journalist in the world of journalism and followed my mom's footsteps. So when I started studying, when I was 18 years, my mom started a new transport publication. So I joined her. I did coffee. I answered phones and learned in university, but also from my mother, the secrets of the trade. And we've done that for, I think, nine years. Well, my mom always said, you know, oh, one day this magazine will be yours and you'll be leading it, but she's still running it. So I said, look, mom, really, you've taught me all you can. I need to go away and do something. You mentioned about being a woman in a transport industry. It's even worse in Lithuania. It's a small country. We have a significant port in the Baltic Sea where a lot of transit comes through. However, there were not a lot of roles for women journalists in transport in the country. So I left, I came to UK and I started working in an organization that organized various logistics and transport events. I did that for a bit, I wanted a bit more. So eventually we parted ways for about a year and I started my own business called Aerial News, online publication for the whole segment of accessing airports through railway, whether it's suppliers or operators or airports or airlines. And then I started my own membership body called the Global Air Rail Alliance. Did that for eight years. It was great. It was a small membership organization with a core membership of maybe 30 companies from around the world, sort of the Heathrow Expresses of the world. We had people from Kuala Lumpur and Moscow and Toronto and Johannesburg. So it was a really nice international community, but it was hard work. And when I was looking for something new, I knew Darren, who is currently my boss, the chief exec of Railway Industry Association from his airport operators days. And we met at some event and he asked me what I'm looking forward to. And I said, you know what? I'm looking for new opportunities. And here I am five years later. That's great. And in obviously your massive portfolio of work, what has been the most important piece of work that you've undertaken so far and why? I think starting my own business and establishing the Global Air Rail Alliance has been absolutely fundamental. The hardest thing I've done, but absolutely key to where I am now. I don't think I would be doing this job if I didn't do that other job. I came from a family business anyway, and I hustled all my life, but just being on your own and waking up in the morning and knowing if you don't do this thing, you will not get paid. The bills for office space will not get paid. Your website renewal fees will not get paid and everything will collapse. So you just have no choice but get up and go. And whether you feel great that day or 
bad or whatever is going on, you just have to keep going. And I think that was the biggest achievement, something that I'm most proud of. Absolutely. So that would very much tie in with your innovation work, because as you say, and as the owner of a business myself, you have to actually go out there and innovate and move with the times, because if you don't, you will not succeed. So on that, what is the hardest challenge you've had to overcome? The hardest challenge I had to overcome, get over myself, (laughs) realizing that actually joining an organization, a bigger organization and being part of a system rather than my own boss could do much more within the team with more support. And it's been great. Difficult, but great. Yes, because obviously the Railway Industry Association represents the entire rail supply chain and therefore you are able to impact a huge industry. So if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? If I could be remembered for one thing, I would like to live my life knowing I made a positive impact. I can start this from a place of a privilege because I get to work with a lot of people who are changing the world. So even maybe I will not invent the new invention that will make our lives easier, but I get to be there. I get to connect people to other people. So if I can say, you know what, I was part of that change, that positive change. I was there. I helped make it happen. I would be satisfied with that. And what underrated tools are indispensable for your job? I am embracing the AI tools now, obviously, being the innovation director, somebody has to in the office. Artificial intelligence is changing the way we're working every day. I am using the large language models, the image generating tools. I find them really useful and it helps my creativity and it increases my efficiency and actually kind of removes sometimes the boring admin bit that I, as a journalist, especially writing, I've done so many times. And for example, transcribing interviews, it's absolutely amazing. It was the one thing I hated as a journalist the most, listening to the conversations and typing it down. And you can do that now with a click of a button and just with a little bit of editing, job done. And as you say, you're now working in transport as a woman and it is still a sector that is very much male dominated. So what work is being done to change the demographics Working at the Railway Industry Association, I get to see the work that's being done to help increase diversity in the industry and the railway sector. RIA is part of the founder of the Diversity and Inclusion Charter, together with Women in Rail organization. We work with young rail professionals, allowing people who just started their careers in the railway sector to band together and form relationships, because that's absolutely the most important thing you can do is foster relationships and have these champions and friends within the organization. So there's quite a lot of things going on. We're working with universities and trying to engage with schools as well to really just promote what's going on in the industry. Railways is not just steam trains, not just orange vests. There's a lot of interesting and exciting opportunities for everyone, really. So what advice would you give to any woman who's looking to go into rail? My advice for anybody looking to go and start working in rail is to start making friends, go out there, meet people, join these organizations I've mentioned. Young Rail Professionals was really good for me when I just joined RIA, became very active and the friendships I made, I still have them. 
and grow your careers with other people in the similar situation. So the first thing you do is make friends, go out there. There's a lot of events. We do so many events and some of them are for members. Some of them are open for all. Look what's out there. Look at the Ultimate Royal Calendar and see what events are happening and start coming to them. Networking, networking, networking. Absolutely. So new year, new start. What do you think the government needs to prioritise when Parliament returns? Oh, we have been asking for and would be very grateful for a decision on rail reform. Really, we need this to happen. The Great British Railways, that would be our ask and our members asked. The decision needs to be made. And obviously, transport is quite fragmented, as you say, with rail reform being needed. So what needs to happen to ensure that rail reform actually occurs and that there is consistency in service for the customer, both passengers and freight? So what I would like to see happen is a decision being made on an establishment of Great British Railways. And once that decision is being made, to communicate that to everyone and actually stick with it. There is so much change going on in the industry. Decisions are being made, then U-turns happen. What we really need is visibility of what's going on, when, what uh, will happen and who will make those decisions. And once the decisions are being made, for them to just actually happen. So as opposed to people just deciding to change their minds and dump projects just to make sure that the industry can really invest in the innovation that is being asked for in order that the sector can actually grow properly and develop. Our members are running businesses. They want to create products. They want to offer their services. They want to, as you say, invest in technology, invest in people, plan their businesses, work with their stakeholders and shareholders and, you know, have some sort of visibility into the future. And this cannot happen if we don't know which projects are going to be invested, which railway enhancements will happen. So absolutely, the visibility on the decision making and the actual going ahead and communicating with the rail supply chain is very important because these are the people who just want to do their jobs, invest in innovation, be creative, but they cannot do that if they don't know what's going on. So if you were Secretary of State for Transport, what would you do? What would be the first thing that you would change? Darren said I would be a great Secretary of Transport. I don't think I would. I'm more of a a sort of technology nerd. However, the first thing I would do, as you would probably know, I would pass the rail reform bill and start it from there. So that's your first 100 days. First 100 days, pass the bill, engage with the supply chain, well, not just the supply chain, all of the stakeholders, share the decision making, be really transparent of what you're doing, when are you doing it, why you're doing it. There will never be too much transparency and communication and engaging with everybody who's involved. At the end, we just want the railway industry to work well, for the railways to function fully and for passengers to be happy and for freight to be delivered to our doors. Absolutely. There is the innovation of getting freight off the road and onto rail again. Do you think enough is being done to make sure that that actually happens? Do you think that's important? Freight can deliver so many economic, environmental and social value benefits. I mean, rail freight. Actually, there's quite a lot of interesting innovations going on within the rail freight space uh, using machine learning, artificial intelligence tools, digital tools, all that space, making sure we know which 
freight slots are available, you know, sort of dynamic demand. But again, it needs a little bit more prioritization, sort of a little bit more people putting rail freight at the top of their priority list for this to happen. So again, investment strategy, it's how does that fit the whole logistics network? With, uh, and from my kind of experience from maritime and aviation, the system needs to work together and investment in digital system needs to happen. And again, the conversations, making sure those doors are open and the conversations are happening and the strategy is set. And of course, we're looking to decarbonize our economy. So do you think enough is being done in order for that to actually happen? The first thing that we need to do is electrifying our railway network. There are new technologies happening, such as better batteries and hydrogen technologies. However, having electric trains is still the absolutely the best and most efficient way of moving heavy trains or a lot of passengers at speeds. So we've been asking for a rolling pipeline of electrification, our network to electrify the railway network as much as possible, and then think about those alternative technologies where that is not feasible, either commercially or, or physically, because the infrastructure doesn't allow it. So it all comes back to that strategic thinking and a decision within the government saying that this is a priority for us. So, as you say, concentration on making sure that passengers can actually get where they need to go and that freight can be effectively, economically and environmentally moved. Those are issues that you have raised many times with the government. What other issues would you like to raise with the government that don't seem to get the priority that you would like at this stage? Well, we are currently working on raising a bit more awareness about, and I am talking as an innovation director now around the digital technologies and the emerging technologies of artificial intelligence and machine learning, automation and robotics. There's a lot of work being done within universities and within the railway supply chain own research and development teams that will absolutely revolutionize the railway network or the railway system. It will make train travel booking easier. It will simplify the freight slot booking. It will increase the efficiency of our trains and the network and the speed and extend the life of our infrastructure and actual trains. So what I would like to see more is talking about the opportunities. Uh, there's a lot of negative coverage currently around railways. There's strikes, delays, weather impacts, this, that, the other. But there's so much good stuff going on in the industry. There's so much interesting work. And what I would like to see more as a passenger is how the industry is changing, what opportunities are coming our way, but also as a potential new entrant into the employment market, the opportunities for me. Having a railway job is a great job. You can have a long career in it. There's, as I said, there's a lot of opportunities. It's not just working on track. It's increasingly safer. So that's what I would like to see more. Of course, with all that, again, does come back to the idea of certainty. We are now in an election year. So what preparation are you undertaking ahead of time, whether there be a change of government or not? We are currently working with our members to develop our manifestos, which will highlight all of the important asks, all of the opportunities and the issues that we see. So what we would like to see is just 
again, continuing dialogue with the supply chain, continuing dialogue with the train operators, the infrastructure owners, the rolling stock manufacturers, the digital innovators, all of the people that worked to build this system need to work together. So what we're doing is making life potentially and hopefully a bit easier for the policymakers. So we can say, here are the main issues, here are what we would like you to do to make it better. I'm assuming that you would be very open to the idea of just working with them and making sure that you can provide them with all the information they need. We work with various government departments to understand what their priorities are. If we're hearing now that cost saving is a priority issue, we can then communicate that back to our members and say, look, if you're bidding for work, if you're considering an innovation, if you can actually highlight how it will deliver value for money, it will help everyone. But the other way as well, if we can have and maintain that dialogue with various people working in the government to say, this is what people delivering the railways are experiencing day to day on and off the tracks. And maybe you should consider that when making your future decisions. So we have a system of engaging with all of these people. We have a lot of events and roundtables and discussions and calls and meetings. And we'd like to continue having that because having relationships with people works. And making sure that you can bring various key people who are interested in transport within both the ministry and the government to various suppliers and members of your own in order that they can see it at the coalface. Absolutely. We understand that people in parliament or in, in the treasury, are, they're not specialists in the railway sector. You know, they're specialists in their own areas. So what we can do is just work together and be the middle person and what do you think the world will look like in five years' time? Five years' time is, a, is an interesting period because it's long enough, but not that long, especially in the transport sector, railway sector. The projects are long-term. They span many governments and many elections. So you do need to have that a bit of long-term vision and future. However, just think about the past five years, how the world has changed many times over. So it's difficult to predict. But I am hoping that... The conversation around social value and what public transport can do to help deliver better social value for everyone who work and live and commute and travel will increase. And as I said, just put transportation as a priority in whatever decisions that we're making. And finally, do you feel positive about the future? Absolutely. I always feel positive about the future because otherwise it's a scary world. I see there's a lot of opportunities with new technologies. All my life is significant changes that were happening in the world. And I am excited about those. I'm not afraid of change. I enjoy life and I enjoy meeting people. The more I meet different people and talk to them, I think it's fascinating. It's beautiful. And eventually I will retire in some, you know, off, uh, off the grid land and save farm animals. Well, with that, we come to the end of another fascinating interview. So Milda, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully giving those young girls and women out there who are interested in entering the transport sector an insight into what it actually means. And thank you to the listeners who have hopefully enjoyed the show as much as we've enjoyed making it. As always, if you have any questions regarding the podcast today, please feel free to comment. And if you think it's worth coming back, please like and subscribe. 
And if you feel that you need something to tide you over to the next podcast, please buy my book Party Games, which is on Amazon. And on that note, I'll see you next time. Have a good week, one and all.